You're listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're listening to the podcast that it's farthest from. And here are your hosts, Jonathan and Nathan. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Two Sons of Tatooine. I'm one of your hosts, Nathan, a.k.a. NP Bro, and I am joined by my co-host, Jonathan Cohn. Follow him on his YouTube channel for lots of book-related things, including many, many Star Wars books. Today on the podcast, we are discussing a long-overdue series we're going to continue, which is the ranking of the tracks from various Star Wars films. And today's episode is going to be Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Episode 2. This came out in 2002, and I think when it came out, this was my first one that I actually bought the CD and listened to it, and I was in high school at the time, so I had lots of bus trips, and I took my CD player portable trip on every Friday away game, lots of competitions, honor bands. I listened to the soundtrack so many times, front to back. Jonathan, did you listen to this soundtrack a whole lot, or what's your like experience? Is it one of the least listened to for you, or... So, in terms of, did I ever sit down and just listen to the soundtrack? I think I've never done yes. that. However, hmm. however, the tracks from this soundtrack, I have heard like a billion times for a couple of reasons. One, because I've watched the movie so much uh, as a kid, especially. And then also, mm-hmm. it was, uh, they really used the tracks in this a lot for the Lego games. The first Lego games specifically. Oh, yes. Oh, and yes. they used the tracks for this a lot in um, uh, some of the other video games that I've played. Uh and so the, the, the tracks in here are totally memorable and are totally um, uh, familiar. This is not necessarily one of my favorite soundtracks for Star Wars. I think it's actually, overall, it's, it's, it's one, of the, one of the weaker ones. Um, but I still think as a soundtrack, it's still fantastic. Um, so. And I disagree. I think it's actually very underrated and... That may be because of my familiarity with it. Um, <clears throat> I think the soundtrack is far better than the actual film. Oh, you'll guess. And there's That's a lot it. of moments. The lot of the absolute peak moments of this entire movie are completely and totally credit to John Williams' mastery mm-hmm. just to deliver. And there's really not much dialogue. There's visual storytelling, which we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. And then there's the music that's conveying, especially this one, there's so many emotional changes. And it feels like um, the subtleties within the music just convey and really grasp onto those concepts in a way that are particularly good. Um, there's a few things like just of note to mention about this score. Um, this is of course there's a little bit of a history within Star Trek's Star Star Wars soundtracks <laughs> to have some mislabeled mislabeled titles, yep. <clears throat> and so there there are that 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 happens a couple times. I think mm-hmm. like Ambush on Coruscant is the is actually a little bit mislabeled on the on the official release. There is a ton of unreleased tracks. Yeah. Some of the best moments happened to be left out. I'm curious if your list is going to contain a whole lot of those, and so. Uh, while the original officially released score uh, has about 12 tracks, including a bonus track, um, 
we are actually not going to use the official official release. We're going to use uh, the full release from which we found on YouTube, which includes the all of score. the soundtrack, the completed version, which it I think has, fans had to like take off of the soundtrack and some places and do do that work. But it's so much that was left out, and even some of the best parts that I felt worthwhile to do that. It does, and even though when you look at <clears> this <throat> up, there's like seventy. Um, uh, like 71, 70 tracks. Some of them, Some are, of them duplicates are duplicates because they're like they have the the original score soundtrack, and then they have the the movie version. And then there's a few where it's like they have uh, part one, part two, uh, but it's really just you know the same the same part from the movie split up. So it's not really seventy, but that's how many are on there. And I think honestly, we will have to do when we get to solo, we will have to do the exact same thing. Because for Solo, there are two soundtracks. There is the one that came out right when the movie came out, and then the one that came out about two years later that was re-recorded. And the re-recorded one is so much better because they let um, huh. uh, the music be so much stronger, and they let the um, uh, John Powell accentuate things more, and they, of course added more tracks. So the original score, I think, has, what, like 20 tracks? The one with, that John Powell did has, like, 48. Uh, the, 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 the redone one. So... Wow. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we'll, we'll do the same thing with Solo that we did here, and we'll go to the complete one, not just the, the shortened one. So... Did that... I'm just curious to get off track that much, but they actually re-recorded the soundtrack, or yeah. they re- re-released... Re-recorded. They re-recorded. You can if you listen to the two soundtracks that they have. There are like the the, the the themes are the exact same, but there are accentuations like like things that are like were mezzoforte in the um, original or malforte. Some of the things get a little bit more mm-hmm. pianissimo, um, like things like that. Like it's it, there's noticeable differences if you play the same track in both places. Hmm. Well, that is curious because I had no clue about that. I'm guessing a lot of people didn't know. Oh, yeah. But you are particularly fond of that score, so mm-hmm. I know your excitement to get to it is high. Yeah. Um, I, I'll be honest. This Episode 2 soundtrack is something that I go back to because I just really have a fond connection with it mm-hmm. a whole lot. And I'm probably that way with this one where I'll... Well, I have not listened all the way through of the solo soundtrack, which I know you have. So yeah. <clears throat> we'll have it's, a lot of, of difference. I'll do some work on listening to it, hopefully between now and then. When I, um, I, I want to say for this one, when I re-listened to it, the one thing I noticed, well, sorry, two things I noticed. One, I was like, hey, this sounds like this other soundtrack that John Williams did, which is frequent with John Williams. He, he likes to do his different eras yes. that we've talked about. But the other thing I noticed mm-hmm. was how romantic this soundtrack sounds the there's mm-hmm. so many mm. sweeping themes in here that like would totally fit in like a 1940s like Casablanca movie or these types of themes that are just so classic Hollywood uh that just weren't in um uh Phantom Menace and aren't really in uh Revenge of the Sith so this is an example of it's not even his writing in eras. It's that specific score he decided to, to do it a bit differently. Um, uh, and I think it really works, obviously, for this one. Uh, I would even say that it's kind of like how Empire has more of a romantic sweeping score than uh, yes. A New Hope <clears throat> and Jedi, uh, both of them being middle entries. 
So then the 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 argument is does uh, uh, does the Last Jedi have more of a sweeping score than Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker? And I would say a little bit, but it's not quite as much as these two. Empire and and, and Attack of the Clones are way more focused on the. the well, there's no sweeping. love story in in the sequels, really. Right, <clears throat> but he does include that a little bit in some of the themes and motifs. So, anyway, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that when we get there. Sure, sure, sure. I think there needs to be, um, within the Star Wars, like, you know, it, whoever is over this, at least talk about doing a uh, release of the official full soundtrack. Um, and I would say just for, like, all of the Star Wars films, because people yeah. would be interested to hear that, but... In particular, some of the prequels just that had, like, if you look at the official, there are about 45 minutes that are completely just gone. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're talking about <laughs> a whole lot of music. That's like a whole other CD worth of music, yep. which people don't listen to CDs. But that is a lot. And when we're talking about some of the best moments, you can listen for it. And you're, you're like, wait, my favorite moment's not even on here. Um, so, hey. We're going to go, the format is always, we rank our top 10, and we're going to go 10 to 1. He'll go 10, I'll go 10, we'll go 9 to 9, etc. And if, if we get to one that we've already talked about, like if we spend five minutes talking about a track, and then it turns up later up on the Summer Passions list, then we'll just mention it and move on since we've already talked about it. Um, <clears throat> we'll also start out with our honorable mentions. I only had one, um, but I think it may be on your list in part, so I'm not going to talk too much about it. Um, we'll talk a little bit about it. And did you have any honorable mentions? I, I, I feel like there'd be I, I a lot include, on this one, but there, there would be, I just didn't include any, uh, specifically. So yeah, you go with your honorable mention. Okay. We're also for, for those of you listening, what we're going to try and do is, uh, we'll, we'll split up the editing duty, Jonathan, this time you'll do, maybe you'll do the first half. I'll do the second half. <laughs> I don't know, but we'll play we'll play clips of yeah. as we're listening of the tracks which we're talking about, and hopefully find the right spots mm-hmm. so that everybody listening can can hear as we were discussing. Um, I wanted to start off with an honorable mention, and uh, this track is uh, now on the official version. I believe it's called "Sam the Assassin and the Chase Through Coruscant." This track um, is super unique. In a in a lot of ways, it's John Williams' only usage of an electric guitar. Uh, period. In all of the sound, soundtracks for Star Wars, now I'm sure, uh, you know, since Ludwig Göransson came along, we've had some, but that is different. That's new. John Williams, this is it, and it's this cool electric guitar solo. He also uses this unique drum called a rototom, which you've never really looked at it they're they're tonal drums you do play them with drum six you could have them like on a drum kit and you might have four or five or six of them from a four inch up the way up to a 10 inch they're probably more of a four inch depth drum not a not a hugely deep drum but a lot of tone that he puts this whole 45 second long solo in the middle of Zam the Assassin Chase and you're sitting there going, this is risky and different, but I like it. It fits the Coruscant vibe. <clears throat> it definitely elevates the, because it feels in a lot of ways, this is the introduction to like, oh, Anakin's more grown up now. He's not a kid. He's, you know, so it's the adventure theme. Um, that's That 
whole track is really, really great. Um, and I used to listen to the whole thing, but it's so different from Star Wars. I felt like it worth mentioning, but I know you're going to have part of it on your track. It's just like ten and a half minutes on the original. And uh, I think this one actually breaks it down into more, you know, more eatable chunks. Yes. Um, but that's my that's my honorable mention. Why don't you jump into, if you don't mind, your honorable mentions, or if you don't have any, go into number I don't have two. any. I'll just quickly talk on that. It is funny that, you know, if ever there was a location that would make sense to include <clears throat> an electric guitar, I think it is Coruscant. Um, uh, I think you can get away with it there. Like even, like, even if you went into a cantina, if you heard an electric guitar, it would feel odd. A, 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 an acoustic guitar, I think you can get away with that in, like, a cantina or something. But, like, an electric guitar has to have a very specific usage, and I think that this was a very good usage of it. So, I yeah. agree with you there. I'll go to my Flying through traffic, all of the neon signs everywhere, you're thousands of feet above the, uh, well, above the, above the skyline. It's just <laughs> the busy, dark night sky, crazy uh, <laughs> rush hour Atlanta, I mean, Coruscant traffic. <laughs> uh, you got to watch out for that. I number like, 10, Jonathan, what did you put as your number 10? So for my number 10, I included uh, Approaching Naboo Palace, which to me, I really like. Which liked. is an unreleased track. Yes, an unreleased track. This was it, not on the official release. Yes. This re- really reminded me of the um, music from <clears throat> his other scores, like Willow and a little bit from the uh, Indiana Jones movies. It feels very uh, rural. You're not getting your urban, you know, like to com- contrast it, you're not getting the electric guitar. You're getting the flute in this sequence. Very fantasy styled. Um, uh, and it's kind of the more silly sounding, goofy, you know, the, this is when uh, uh, Padme and Anakin It's actually are Baroque feeling. It's I what? actually hadn't heard this track until today. Really? Uh, it, apart from seeing the movie, I didn't really notice it, but it's super Baroque. Um, yes, Baroque. That's you you have use of the English horn. There's some oboe, yeah. and um, I, I think it's 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 um, some kind of of pan flute is what you're hearing. Yeah, pan flute. Um, mm-hmm. Not a not, not a, a flute. flute. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> right. Not a concert flute. And anyway, you're right about it feeling very you know, dignified the way that Naboo and especially the palace. And as they, as they arrived at this planet with all this culture, you're going to probably dig into the idea that, well, sure. They probably had older music that is remained traditional. That's going to be still played. And it's going to reflect these like ornate buildings. We haven't seen anything like the beautiful ornate structures that John Williams was able to uh, show us in attack of the clones. Right. Just, Oh my gosh! And Naboo, obviously, we we get some of those in in Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. but but we go back in, uh, and it's really cool. Of course, we see more of the romantic side of them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not the not the sandy side, the the soft and smooth side. <laughs> but I, I interrupted you. This one's not on my list. Go, go ahead and what else, what else did you like about that track? It was it felt in a in a sea of you know. <clears throat> you know, action sequences and tense moments. <coughs> this is a one, one of several, you know, calming sequences. You could take the music from this and a few other scenes, like even the romance themes 
are the like it's 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 really big and it's bold and it kind of draws attention to itself. This is one of the few like I like it when music draws attention to itself because it makes me think about the music. But when usually when music blends in, it doesn't always work for me. This is one of those examples where it really works for me because it almost feels like this is the music. I would expect an orchestra or someone on Naboo to be playing, or sometimes you'll put like a on a screen. Like you've actually done this at your house, where you put the screen up and it's like an image of Naboo, and then it has Naboo music mm-hmm. you know, to go along with it. This exactly would fit perfectly with that, and it's one of those things where it has like great, great actual music while also being good stuff that you could just set in the background that wouldn't bother you if you were having a conversation. So that's one reason I really like exactly. it. Exactly. A great description. What a great description. Moving to uh, my number 10. <clears throat> and this is a track which I can't believe it didn't make it make it higher. But it is on the list because there's so many, so many great um, on this score. It's the track they named Exacting Revenge. Which this is the moment everybody, if you recall, when Anakin sees that Shmi has died right before him. Yep. He loses it. And he has the angry eyebrows. And the way that the way that the anger comes across his face, mm-hmm. John Williams was like, okay, I'm gonna nail this. I'm gonna hit this moment where everybody's like, uh-oh, uh-oh. I can feel it. And and really Hayden I don't know if he didn't have more coaching. He he didn't do a ton with the facial stuff back then. I know he would do better now, but I think it all depended on that score just driving the moment, and it did. The rage and uh, <clears throat> just the feeling that everybody get of panic of, uh-oh, he's about to do some bad stuff, and okay, here comes the... T- well, they're dead. Oh, here comes more. Oh, even the dogs, too. Oh, not the children. And, oh, and not the, the women. women. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Knew you were going there. Knew you were going there. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, that that particular just mm, all of that scene, it doesn't work. If you were to put that on music that doesn't have John Williams's elevation, that that scene could be really really hard to to pull off. Mm-hmm. It's extremely hard to pull off, but the music not only does it, but it makes it awesome. So for that reason, um, I, I think that that trick is worthy of being in the top ten best tracks on um, on the Attack of the Clone soundtrack. Hmm. You so, don't have any thoughts about that one? That didn't make your list. It did not make my list. It's a good track. Just didn't make the top ten. Okay. Well, I disagree, but go ahead with your number nine. <laughs> my number nine, I know my number nine is way too low for you, but my number nine is the meadow scene. Um uh the which, meadows. you know, is a great um uh a a great uh, piece because it is again it, it, it has that element of fun but it also it really sounds like it would fit well in like the Harry Potter universe um, uh, it, it has uh. th- this score was happening around the same time that um, uh, Chamber of Secrets came out and there's a lot of overlap and similarities between the, the two soundtracks there's a lot of moments in Chamber of Secrets that you're like oh that sounds like the arena oh that sounds like the meadow scene oh that sounds like this so, um, uh, but it, it really feels like it would fit there. And honestly, it fits here too. Uh, I, I really, I, I really like that about it. It has, uh, the sweeping romance in a playful way, uh, that I really liked, uh, trying to remember all the other things I had about it. 
uh, it gets mm-hmm. a little bit like uh, tense near the end uh, when they kind of let the whole uh, Across the Stars theme play uh, that I really liked. Uh, and uh, again, it's like, it's just, it's, it's combining different elements. It's the romance, the fun, <clears throat> the, 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 the blue <clears throat> elements of it, all of it into that one, one track that I really like. So, to spoil my placement of this, yep. I have it much higher. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's the happiest track on this entire soundtrack. To me, this is the happiest moment of Anakin's life. And as he, as he is Darth Vader, just probably for years and years, this single moment comes flashing back to him and his eyes lose their yellow hue. Yeah. And, and that's when he <clears throat> finds the will to keep living is just because of this one happy day. Right. This is the absolute, this is probably the best day of his life. And uh, you even see, you even hear that, like the music is great, but there's this moment where it kind of dies down, where as he's on this like hippo yep. alien but, creature riding yep. it, mm-hmm. he falls off and like and the music's like, like oh, no. oh, is he hurt? And Padme, <laughs> Goes you know, it's all it is, all it is is like, you know, Anakin being silly. And, uh, you know, if you're on a date with a girl, you do the same thing as you she'd come over. Oh, are you OK? I got you. Oh, and, you know, the music picks back up. It's this beautiful moment. It's um, so I just really think that the, the combination of the swells and the soaring, beautiful nature, the it's just smooth, melodic. It has a great reprise of of some of the themes of Cross the Stars. Um, I just this is a beautiful track. I think it's on mine. It's going to end up being much higher. I, uh, I, I, w- I wish you'd put it higher on yours. I, I don't know why. I do agree with you about the Harry Potter stuff because you're right about some of the um, <clears throat> the scenes. That reminds me of a horrible meme I saw the other day. Oh no! It was a uh, <laughs> it was it was Harry Potter with a with a little mustache, <laughs> and it said Harry Potter in the Chamber of Gas. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's, that's really dark. bad. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, that is one. That was really, really, really bad. So my number, uh, <clears throat> number nine for me, unless you had anything oh, else to oh, add to the middle oh, scene. Sorry, I just, talking about the romance and, and bad memes, it's time for me to say a bad one. Um, uh, I will I will omit the swear word, but you'll know what it was. And it has Obi-Wan <clears throat> and Anakin in the elevator. And uh, uh, Ob- uh, uh, Obi-Wan says, all right, Anakin, uh, answer me this. F, marry, and kill. And then Anakin says, Padme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Padme. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I was like, I can't, uh, I can't share that because the swear word. But, oh, that cracked me up. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's... Uh, <clears throat> it's pretty sad, but that's true. Um, <clears throat> all right, so uh, the track that I felt deserved, number nine, yes. is a track called The, the Arrival at Tatooine. Um, and this track is, so you get, the scene is returning to the Lars homestead, mm-hmm. which it is super cool because we hadn't seen it up until that point in the prequel t- t- trilogy. Yeah. We're like, oh, we're back. This is where Luke grows up. Oh my gosh. We see this and immediately we're hit with 
the Force theme, which it had later in the track, we're hit with, oh my gosh, it's 3PO. It's 3PO. And Anakin reunites with 3PO. So it's a great moment. But also you have just the Force theme swells. You've got, and it's in its overall, um, the first half of this track is, is some of it is kind of filler type music, but it ends with Anakin's going to go off and look for his mother. Yes. And guess what oh, happens? Right. It has Duel the, the of Fates. fates. Yes. <laughs> and it goes from the Force theme. And it's one of the coolest transitions. They do a wipe on the screen. Yep. It is awesome. You could just, you can hear the, the fun that John had going back to this, mm. you know, because obviously that was the number one most popular track from, you know, Phantom Menace. And gosh, I wish that it had more you know, appearances in Star Wars. I don't think we got it in Revenge of the Sith. Did we get it anywhere in Revenge of the Sith? This, I think this is the last uh, time on screen that we hear the <clears throat> Duel of the Fates. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. So, uh, did, did they use it in Maul's appearance at all in Solo? I don't think they did. I'm, I'm going through that. I don't think they used it there. They used it in the marketing for Rise of Skywalker. Was it used in Clone Wars at all? Oh, I'm sure it was used in Clone Wars. I don't know where, but I'm sure it was. Yeah, that doesn't really count. But yeah. Um, anyway. anyway, so <clears throat> that's a that's a really good really good scene. And this is another scene, another scene where the music is playing, and there's a lot of stuff going on on screen without yep. as much dialogue. Mm-hmm. And that is. That's how you can tell they know to let John Williams just do his magic. Yep. So, you know, really, really good. That's what I say is my number nine. And All what right. would be your eighth? So <clears throat> my eighth one is going to be the um, the finale. Uh, I, I chose the one that said finale reconstructed. So for editing purposes, that's the one <coughs> I, I chose. I know this is also on your list. Uh, this has the cool uh, uh, voices singing at the very beginning of it, and it has uh, uh, Dooku's escape kind of uh, in it. And then it also, because it's a long track, it's like five minutes long, and it also it uh, continues on till he goes to Coruscant. And this is the track that it has the, the just a few instruments playing for a while, and it sounds really eerie. And it is a bit shocking. Hey, he's coming to Coruscant. That's like where the, all the Jedi are. Like he's coming in the heart of there. And the eeriness that they get is great. And then all of a sudden, of course, in the movie, you see the moment that he's with Sidious. And uh, you hear a little bit of Imperial uh, March after that um, uh, when they go to the, the, the clones, um, clone troopers marching. So it has all of that. It's a really good score. I put this so much higher than you. Yes, I, you did. <clears throat> oh, man. I, I agree that, you know, the things, the parts of it that worked for you were good. Um, <clears throat> I have to say, as you're listening to this, John Williams captures this ominous vibe yep. with this female mm-hmm. voice yep. as, as we return to Coruscant, but not the busy streets of Coruscant. No, we are in this, like electronic power we don't see a single soul all we see is like just Dooku's ship flying towards where he's eventually going to meet Sidious and it's not busy everything is just ominous and like 
we're getting the reveal of this whole movie. The reveal is that, oh my gosh, Sidious and Dooku have been working together this whole time. I mean, we, we, we connected it, but like there's people who waited until that to like see it. And they're like, oh, yeah. now they get it. <laughs> and then we literally see Sidious as Sidious in the person with Dooku. Super, super cool. But we get that playing of Sidious's theme. We get the, we get the, my master, you know, you get talks and then the wash into the reprise of what I think and I will argue this, I think it's probably the best use of the Imperial March, period, in the entire prequels. All of the prequels, this is the best one. And even compared to, like, and it's quoted in some places in Revenge of the Sith that are iconic. But this, oh my gosh, this is it. If you, and here's the cool thing about it, when you hear this, you don't think it's the Imperial March. No, Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is funny that I that's for the years weirdest thing. watched the movie and it didn't connect with me that that's what I was hearing. I was just like, oh, we got this kind of march, ominous march going on. And I was like, wait a second, that's Imperial March. And, and it's, and it's letting How you many know, people it's do you, you think you, fall into that category? Yes. And it's hitting you on the head with Imperial March. The clone troopers, they look like storm. They're not stormtroopers, but they look like stormtroopers. And hey, who's in charge? Palpatine. Who's in charge of the Empire? But like it's like it, there were still people who hadn't figured out that Palpatine was Sidious <clears throat> at this point. Um, uh, <laughs> and this is like the most egregious example in the prequels of hey, 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 pay attention. He's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. Other than maybe it is. Yeah. It, it's visually so cool. And I, 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 there's got to be a psychological study that can tell me why this is. But for years, I listened to this and went, oh, yeah, that's just a isn't that a remix of like the Imperial March with like the Clone Wars theme or the clones theme or something? No, no, it's, it's just, just the, the Imperial, Imperial March. March. <laughs> it's the Imperial March. That's all it is. And I was like, wait a minute. What? How did I always think this is, you know, this was something else? But it's just what's on screen visually. It does something psychologically. If anybody else has like experienced this, let me know. But I, I think it is to, like to me. I'll just spoil it. This is my number two track on this whole soundtrack. It is awesome. That moment, everybody watching it has to agree. Like, holy crap, this was awesome. That's an awesome ending, because um, <clears throat> it goes from the dark eerie perfectly, and it's all about those transitions mm -hmm. because of how much stuff transitioned into this and then of course it goes back into the, the you know the, the main theme across the stars but that I, I spoiled it that's my number two you had it as number eight which means you have a lot of stuff you think is better oh, yeah. <clears throat> okay well okay your number eight okay anything else to add on that before my number eight no, no I think we're good my number eight is going to be a track called Entrance of the Monsters. Which, I'll go ahead and spoil, this is my number seven, so it works perfectly. Number your six, six, I sorry. think is what six, it is. Sorry, yeah, but still, <clears throat> it's right there, so we're in the right area. So, <clears throat> when the Monsters came out and Mo Michael Jackson, Jordan was just like, <laughs> wait, 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 that's Space Jam, never got it. Um, <clears throat> not those Monsters, the Monsters. Okay, Here's the moment I need to describe, and everybody, we're going to play it for you, but that repetitive single note 
da, 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 da. It just keeps happening over and over. Yeah. Um, this is the this is the moment where all of the droids are marching out, and you've got absolutely no hope. Everybody's overrun, you know whatnot. It's there's nothing. You're you're all gonna die. And uh, here's these droids, probably hundreds of thousands of them. It is a great theme. I think it's the definitive Attack of the Clones theme. If you play this... What? No. There's no way... No. <clears throat> nobody... Wrong. This is the... Atten- yeah, yes. No. There's, there no, is, no. There, if yes. you're talking about... If you're talking about, like... Obviously, okay. There is... <laughs> like, <laughs> across the Stars is the definitive theme. Yes. But the definitive Attack of the Clones theme for, like, fighting... The, the, the definitive action Fighting theme. track... Action track. The definitive yes. action yes. track. Yes, okay. okay. That, <laughs> that is what I actually meant to say. Well, That's like, what Nathan, I meant. Nathan, you can't. Like, I it's a weird. definitive... It's the only... It's the only... Yeah, okay. No, I know what you're saying, and I, I wasn't thinking about that. Sorry. I was like, I, was like, <clears throat> I have wacky soundtrack opinions. <clears throat> I know. I have wacky ones. I choose the weird ones to be my top ones. But even I know that's not the definitive attack of the clothes track. No. Okay, but I... It is for action. For action, yes. Um, And probably in one of the most, you know, iconic action sequences of the film. Mm Because the chase through Coruscant is fun. You know, the fights with Boba Fett are fun. The, um, uh, you know, the stuff in the factory is fun. But this is epic. Django Not only... Jango Fett, rather. Um, Boba was there, too. But, uh, but the, the, the moments in this sequence where not only do you have, like, them fighting the, the creatures and droids would have been enough of coolness for the movie. But then he's like, but wait, there's more. And it's like, uh, 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 it's like, how many Jedi can you fit into one sequence? And he's like, yes. And so for this score... Uh, uh, this action sequence, you get all this really cool um, motifs that are used from other elements, uh, including the droid march, is in used a little bit, um, uh, and it's it's and it makes it such a fun sequence, a fun <clears throat> action sequence. It's a logical advancement of the Phantom Menace droids theme, yeah, which we already heard, but this is a I would say a superior version of that theme. It's mm. more recognizable, <clears throat> yeah, and more probably more well liked. Um, but that's enough said about that one. This is—I'll say this is the one uh, track that I constantly remember uh, from the video games because I would always get stuck on the arena in the Lego, <clears throat> the first Lego game, and so you heard this track over and over in that level. Okay. I know it's in a lot of video games, but I don't know that particular one. I think the my actual number seven was in a ton more video games, or the ones that I played. Wow. Go to your... Uh, so you've oh, ranked... number seven. I forgot about your number seven. Ah. Okay. I could. How I should... did you leave that one off? I, you, let, I you already looked at my one. list. Yes. I, I forgot you, about that. You made a mistake to leave off your... Yeah. But yes. okay. so tell us number... your number seven, which... My number seven. So far, you've got the approaching Naboo, the Baroques, then you got the Meadow scene, and then you got the finale. Those are your ten, nine, and eight, which I think are all really good tracks, especially eight, nine, but deserve to be higher. Yeah. Except for number ten, I thought that's a good place for it. 
<clears throat> so my number what's your number seven? My number seven kind of pairs with Entrance of the Monsters um, because they happen one right after the other, and in the original soundtrack they are together. In the in the in the you know officially released soundtrack they're mushed together, and that is the the Love Pledge. Um, uh, Love uh, originally you had Love Pledge. And the um, uh, yes, the entrance of the monsters is titled, I think, "Love in the Arena," or so, "Love Pledge in the Arena," whatever. Love Pledge in the Arena. Yes. So uh, that's what it's originally called. So I had to split them up. Like, crap! They have to take up two spots because they're both that good. Um, but Love Pledge, you know, we're, I keep talking about the romance themes. It's this is the softest <laughs> use. Excuse me. Of the love theme throughout. You have, you know, uh, I'd say this is the soft version of the love theme. Then you have the medium where it's like soft and then it gets loud is the um, is is the meadow. And then the loudest version where it goes full on is the across the stars. But so this is the softer version. Wrong. So this, the love pledge is note for note the same as the uh, first one third of across the stars. Really? This across the stars continues and goes That's bigger what I'm saying, and further. Like, yeah. It's note for note, more. it's the same. But Across the Stars yes. does a lot more in, later on. It does continue and does a lot more. But yes. there is literally a chunk that is identical. Okay. And it's a fairly big chunk. Okay. Which is why I actually left this off my list. That makes Not sense. to insult it, but to say it's included in Across the Stars already. That it's note for note the same. It, unless you just love that snippet of 10 seconds at the very end of it. <laughs> where they like transition in more to the battle. Yeah. You know. Anyway, um, so I just I think this is. But sorry. Yeah, this is this is this is such a, a, a great moment of the sh- uh, movie. It's the first time that we really see uh, Padme. Um, uh, we see the unrequited Truly love become requited. Deeply. Uh, uh, of course, the acting is uh, not great in the scene, but the music is really, really good. And then it's and it, <clears> then like their their kiss goes into the arena, and it's the. Um, I just the big score in the arena. So, why do you think that scene <clears throat> doesn't work? The, lo- the like the there's so many movies where you're just like, yes, they finally confess their love, and everybody's like, yes, and then there's Anakin and Padme, and it's just, and I know George wanted it to feel weird. It, it feels wrong. It feels like they're breaking the rules. It feels like. It, you know, <clears throat> their parents are going to catch him and be like, nope, you're in trouble. <laughs> there are, there I, are, I just a, don't know what. There are a couple of elements here, I think. One is that it's already got an element of the forbidden stuff with the, the he's a Jedi, she's a senator, they can't be together. They also have, and I don't think that this would <clears throat> quite be the same today because of, you know, how society is changing. But, you know, he's only 19, and she's, like, 24 or 25 um, at this point. Um, uh, and she was, you know, practically, even though she wasn't age-wise an adult, she was practically an adult, um, uh, even in Phantom Menace. And he, even here, still feels like a whiny teenager. Um, and so, because he is a whiny teenager, because um, he's 19. But so, so it feels a little icky from that standpoint because um, I think it's just yeah it's not, gotta not be that, the icky stuff that. from Anakin throughout the the first I would say he is a whiny yeah. and so many people are like this is what they this is their main complaint 
with Attack of the Clones is that is the characterization is annoying. Yes. They find Anakin to be a character that really rubs them like he's just awkward. He's weird. He's hitting on this girl and it's really, really bad. But somehow she still falls in love with him. I don't get it. Yes. And it's and it's not to say that like a 19 year old couldn't date or marry a, a 24 year old. It's not like, like that. That does happen sometimes. Um, but it's just that it just because of their maturity levels just being so wildly different. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it feels so weird. Like if it was, um, I'm trying to think of someone who has who would be like, I'm trying to think of an a- a- apt comparison. But like there are other characters that it would be less icky. Anyway. So that, but yeah, I, it, it is weird. But it's still the even though the, the the romance is weird, the music for their romance is still top notch. Yep. So, so your my number seven is a track called uh, "Gunships Arrive," which is also <clears throat> in a ton of video games. Yes, the one that I am most familiar with is uh, whenever. Okay, I think it was Star Wars Pod Racer episode one Pod, Pod yes. Racer, and uh, this would play on so many of the levels. But it always starts with that um, trumpet lick that's very heroic. It shows mm-hmm. um, the scene is obviously everybody the, the the camera pans up and you see tons and tons of you know drop ships filled with clones popping out of the sky out of nowhere just mm-hmm. when the Jedi were outnumbered. And, you know, they'd all been surrounded. There's you know. It's literally as as Ken Duke is like, then I'm sorry, old friend, but wait, where's all these people coming from? And then everything turns the tides. But it is a heroic, triumphant part, and it's it's a great battle track. And you didn't list this because you just forgot about yeah, it? I just, is that I was, true? When I was scrolling through and <clears throat> listening to them, I just missed it and forgot about it. But yes, it is absolutely fantastic. Sounds so prequely. This one's yes, just it does sound so, so prequely. prequely. It does. It's... And so Lego-y. I, I yes, agree. Lego-y. It's yes. very Lego-y. This is all over the Lego games. This is all over the original Battlefront games. Um, uh, like Battlefront 2, the old... I'm not talking about like the 2017 one. I'm talking about the old Battlefront 2. This was all over that. Mm. So, um, yeah, this is... This is uh, uh, it's a fun one to He hum. did this weird thing. Um, yeah, I think <clears throat> Williams chose to double xylophone over a lot of his like brass yes. melodies dun da da and he would double it in the in the ballads mm-hmm. and it's such a uh, a weird texture mm-hmm. that it immediately identifies it as being prequels yes because he didn't do that in either that either of the other trilogies mm-hmm. so um not that it's weird in a bad way it's just very distinct um <clears throat> and he does that in this track your sixth Number six. We already did. You already talked six, about it. So you're number <clears throat> six. Interest of the Monsters was your six. So, so far mine have been um, the revenge, exacting revenge, Anakin, his rage moment, the tattooing arrival, which is force themed, Duel of Fates, Homestead. Then you have attack, Interest of the Monsters, the droids. Gunship is number six. We just talked about it. Number six is you got Lunch and the Younglings. Which is the Yoda track? Mm. This is a uh, this is that scene. Do you have this on your list? Nope. What? And I did listen what? to this one. This I was one looking. I to. Oh my! <clears throat> oh my gosh! It. All right. 
this track, so it's super, um, super pretty and gentle in the woodwinds. I think that um, one of my favorite parts is um, it really it calls back to something you wrote ten years ago with Hook. Yeah, there's yes. a moment yes. where with the child. Yes, if you're familiar with John Williams's Hook soundtrack, which is beautiful, there's a moment at the end of that <clears throat> um, where as Peter Pan's flying off. Uh, Ron, Robin Williams, all of, he's just going into the sky. He's saved everything. He's he's going back to his old life, and there's this boys' choir that yeah. sings softly these pure, super in tune notes, um, very, very just uh, gentle and small or, and lyrical, and uh, that same exact texture and probably instrument composition <clears throat> he uses here when the younglings are looking at the. You know, the stuff and, you know, the space map and master, <laughs> you know, it's a little lisp on the alien kid and stuff. And Yoda, you just have Yoda being really, really, you know, good with kids, which is surprising because at first he's just like, wait, put your weapon. I mean, you know, you know when we first meet him, he's like whacking R2 with a stick. And here he is like, oh, he's 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 like a good role model. for He's like a, a grandpa. He's a great teacher. He's like when he's like the cool teacher who comes in and everybody respects him, but they still learn and stuff like that. So, anyway, so quick, it's, quick, quick side <clears throat> question. You remember there was the, the baseball coach uh, back at our previous school um, who was there for mm. most of the time that we were both there. Um, uh, mm-hmm. He was well known at the school for, you know, he's a baseball coach and he's with baseball boys. And so he'll like be in the middle of yelling at them and he'll be um, uh, you know, like, you guys need to fix this. This is awful. This is you need to you know get your posture right. And he'll be like in the middle of yelling at them. And then his son, who was like three <clears> or four, would would walk in the room and it was, oh, hi, buddy. And we were, all the baseball players would be so relieved whenever his son was in the room because they knew he wouldn't yell at them if his son was in the room. That's like Yoda. It's <laughs> like Yoda being all wacky and stuff. And then, oh, he, he is truly wonderful, the mind of a child. Like, he gets all, all sweet and, and fun. <laughs> it is a great character moment because I think it adds to him in a dimension we haven't seen. And that's why it's, you know, it's distinct. Um yeah. <clears throat> Anyway, that music really, really stands out. It's pretty, it's fun, it's lighthearted, it's lyrical. I think it's deserving of the number six spot on my list. Yeah. Your my number five. Number five. My number five. Oh, this is such a fun one. This is the what spare is canister caper. This is basically the um uh the whole music that is playing during the sequence where uh uh, Obi Wan is chasing um, uh, Django in the oh, ship. Oh yeah, uh, <clears throat> it is. I, I describe this one as being twisty. He's using the full orchestra, and th- this isn't like th- this is one of those things where I wouldn't call it Mickey Mousing because it's not directly Mickey Mousing, but the score is kind of following the action here. Um, uh, uh, when the, the when the music goes do 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 do. Uh, uh, it kind of it happens at the same time that the ship does the same kind of like a oh, go into the side real quick and then and then it comes kind of the music goes back to what it had been playing after that and the ship goes back to where its path where it had been and so the the music kind of is 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 reflecting the action on the scene and it is. Uh, uh, <clears throat> going from you know incredible high points in the the score where the the sound 
is on the higher register, and then there's some points where it goes near the lower register, and then some points where it just cuts out, um, uh, uh, particularly when uh, the seismic charges, the, uh, that sound that everyone loves happens. And so this mm-hmm. is just such a, the, the, the action of this se- sequence is really good, and it, it, it really sticks out for me. <clears throat> I think if you were to compare this to the that music that we might get in, say, Ahsoka Episode 3 with the whole fight scene in space, the, the starships battling and everything, this just feels like John Williams is like, you know what? You don't deserve it. But I guess I'll just give you this really memorable, awesome action score. Right. Right as, right as Boba Fett's like, we got rockets. Let's fire the rockets. <laughs> The actual action of the sequence is nothing to write home about. It's one of the weaker action sequences, but the music Mm -hmm. itself is just so strong. Yeah. And I think this has also been used in quite a few video games for various fights and things along along that nature. I'm sure it is. I definitely think it's good. It did not make my list. Mm. Um, It is... It is beaten out by some of the other better stuff, but it is definitely a step up from I think any any of the stuff we've gotten. Uh, besides the some of Ludwig's moments, any yeah. of the TV Star Wars, this is still way better than any of the TV Star Wars that we've gotten. Um, and I would take this uh, over that. So my fifth one is a moment called Yoda's Strikes Back. This is oh man, this is the moment. When Yoda appears, he throws his cane to the side, he force pulls his lightsaber into the hand, and it's a short track. It's the the sequence that we got the the Yoda dying from Lego Star Wars. (laughs) Wait a minute. This goes back to, didn't you were telling about some jokes with James, how y'all always used to have that sound? Yes, yes, that sound. Anytime Yoda dies, he has this... Which is him, what, right when, you know, when he does the spinny thing in the air, when he and Dooku leap, uh, that's what that sound effect is. <coughs> Sorry. That's what I remember well, when from you, scene. Yeah, well, when you layer a chord the way that it did, so it, it forte piano attack, sting, then add the tension note, and add on top of it another tension note, and adding a choir behind it, this male, deep, tall, tenor voice, and just building the temperature... And then you add to it Yoda adding this like feral scream like yeah as he's like attacking. I just remember when I I saw this live, that that was the moment that brought brought the house down. Everybody was cheering. There was people just like yes, we see Yoda fight, and that had never happened. Yes, <laughs> of course we get to see him fight later on again. We've never seen him this was the first time we'd ever seen or, like, him. Or hold his We'd never seen him do anything but talk, yeah. and like. You know, light light force use, and here he is actually going to fight the dude who just beat Anakin and Obi Wan, and beat them and handily. Whoops, and he whoops them, <laughs> and then he wears Dooku out, where Dooku's on the run the whole time. Yeah, Dooku has um, to cheat at the end. And if it hadn't been for the liability of having to protect Anakin and Obi Wan, then then Dooku. Dooku is trying to... He, he's really trying to beef himself up when he's talking. It's clear this cannot be decided with our knowledge of the Force. He's like, that just means everything I've tried hasn't worked, so I guess we're just going to fight... I'm going to try and fight you now. Can you <clears throat> can you imagine if we had had an, a what-if 
Like, because like, everyone's been saying they want like a what if for Star Wars, so they can get alternate versions, so we can bring back the EU and <clears throat> Legends stuff. Like, they, that's, it's called that's, fan fiction, people. But yes, but the, for um, <clears throat> I am not going to take the bait. I'm not going to take the bait. Um, but for a what if, it would be cool to see what if Yoda had let the thing fall and had struck down Dooku or captured Dooku, been like. You know, the the capturing the enemy leader is so much more valuable than these two Jedi that we have. I mean, we have ten thousand Jedi. Um, yes, Anakin might be the chosen one, but well, still. it would have only really crushed their legs. They don't need those. You don't need them legs. <laughs> what about their legs? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but that's a good life. Like, seriously, good like that's a like. How would that Star Wars universe be changed if? Yoda had decided to um, uh, <clears throat> let them let them die and had focused on Dooku. Like that's just such a, like it, that's just such an interesting because oh so yeah, directions. Sidious would have been like he'd be like Crap. Dooku. <laughs> you killed my you apprentice. Killed my this was my whole plan was Anakin. <laughs> my whole plan. <laughs> and, and, I've been working and, on this kid for like twenty years, and you come along and you cut his arm off, and then you crush him, and like. And then you get beaten by by Yoda, and now I'm and now I'm stuck. And the Confederacy, the, like, the, well, the, the Confederacy of Independent Systems, would have lost their <clears throat> leader, who was really the only one holding them together, other than maybe Palpatine as Sidious. But even then, he was more on the periphery. He doesn't really engage with the the CIS leadership until um, Revenge of the Sith. Really, in um, that scenario, I only I only see one thing happening, and that's of course. Maul would have to return, and if he did, then he could function as the, the apprentice CIS figurehead. Um, but but even so, then you're like, well, Anakin and Obi Wan are dead. So what what happens next? Well, the Jedi probably figured out. I guess you got a new. There's no Ahsoka. She's <laughs> she's gonna need a different master. Maybe right. she ends up anyway. Interesting. What if that that's a, that is a good one. So <clears throat> really, I put this track on here just of how. How memorable that moment is and how epic that moment was. It's a really good particular moment. The rest of the track is really just average, but that moment is so good. So has to be on the list. Number five for me. <clears throat> so you're done at number four. Yeah. Right? And we've already covered this kind of. Um, uh, that is uh, uh, the Zam Chase Part 1, which is what you were talking about with the Chase Through Coruscant, um, as your honorable mention. Um, uh, this is the mm-hmm. first part of that. Um, it's a, a, I, I won't rehash everything. I'll say that this is very similar to, I would say, Reminiscence Therapy from Solo in that both of those tracks quote a lot of other things and both of those tracks do a, like they, like they, they change the, um, like what, what the focus of the theme is. They change instruments. They change tempos. Like they change all the stuff. Um, both of those tracks, it feels like the the composer is just throwing quite a lot at you, and you're like, oh my goodness, you can do this. Oh my goodness, you can do this. Um, whereas Reminiscence Therapy, he's throwing themes that you should rem- know or rem- recognize. In this, John Williams is throwing out to you all new stuff, pretty much. Um, and you're like, oh my goodness, you can do the the electrical guitar in Star Wars. Oh my goodness, you uh, uh, you can you can have the 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 drums going. Uh, so the 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 whole Zam chase is just just fantastic. Yes, I, I do like a lot of moments in it. I mean, it's uh, it's unique, 
<clears throat> but it captures so well mm-hmm. that just, <sighs> I would say, a flurry of chaotic, big city yep. aspects all converging on the screen. You know, it's flashy. There's color. There's noise. There's traffic and people and falling hundreds of probably feet, I would say, maybe maybe even a thousand feet, and just free-falling to... <laughs> Anakin being Anakin there. He's, I hate it when he does that. Mm-hmm. You're number th- four. So I, I think your list is, is, is doing fine. It's got some, some things left off that I'd say is interesting, but <laughs> I'm looking ahead to it. I'm not going to spoil. <clears throat> I think your number three is is very interesting. My number four is a track. I think it also finds its way onto your list. It is called Finding Camino. And I love, I love this track for, I love it even more knowing that I tricked you because (laughs) we recently did this on the, uh, you, I would have immediately known. I know. So when, if you're not remembering, we did a soundtrack guessing game on the podcast recently. And, uh, (laughs) when they reprised this scene in Badge Backs, Bad Batch season two, no, season one. Season, season one. one. The end yeah, of season end of one. Season one. <clears throat> when they return to Camino, they play this iconic motif, yep. which everybody knows. And they do it much more brass heavy and with different orchestrated elements. And it, it feels just a little bit different in the lead into it as well. But <clears throat> it was so clearly to me that this is obviously the Bad Batch version. But Jonathan was like, oh, I know this. This is the, from, from Attack of the Clones, of course. Well, I fooled him. I fooled him easy. And that was that was a fun thing. I thought he would be a little bit more discerning that I was going to try and trick him with something that was so obvious. And I did it twice, actually, because I also did the... <laughs> that reminds me. Because I did the throne room theme as well. Yes. From the Re- Revenge of the Sith in credits, which, which is, is slowed down about 12 clicks. Which is the throne theme from the A New Hope. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. Oh, that, is, that was... Cheating. I still I exactly still the same, but twelve about twelve clicks slower on the metronome. Anyway, finding Camino. Everybody, everybody out there probably knows it is. I think only played in a Star Wars movie twice, and it's played in Bad Batch once. Yeah, but it is a, such a recognizable theme. Everybody knows it. Yes, and everybody says, knows it. It's Camino. so iconic. Yeah, it is so iconic. And it's it's really, really well just fitting of this, like, mysterious... We don't even know what we're going to find. We just know, wow, there's a lot of rain. Wow, we're in the middle of an ocean planet. This is cool. Thunderstorms, ocean planet, and this mysterious music. Okay, there's going to be clones. And yeah, I think it's a great track. It makes it to your number two. Wow. So yes. you obviously have a lot to say, too. Talk about what you like about this track and why you think it's number two. If ever think there was a score... Four. If ever there was a theme that, like... You, this is the theme of the planet. That is, this is the theme of Camino. Not just because it's finding Camino. Like I associate mm-hmm. seeing Camino with this music. Um, I wouldn't say like I don't think that Tatooine has a theme that I would say is Tatooine. Like there's like the Force theme that is you know so iconic there, but it's not like it's not the Tatooine theme. Yeah. Cantina um, theme would, would Cantina, be like... Uh, but, that's not, but that's for that specific area of Coruscant, um, I would say. Uh, that specific, you know, Cantina. 
Um, and then, like, some of the Ewok stuff. I, I think the closest, I would say, is the Ewok stuff, which sounds, you know... Gunga City. Gungan City definitely has a theme. It has a theme. <clears throat> but again, like, I, I wouldn't say that that's the, the, planet, the, the planet's theme. I would say that's the Gungan okay. City theme. Um, and there's stuff in, for Naboo that I would say is, like, the, the Naboo City theme. Hoth theme. definitely has a, has a unique theme. I don't remember it. It may not be quite as recognizable to you. Yeah, but I mean, if this is like this is the quintessential theme for a planet um, uh, that just is so recognizable. I, I actually got more appreciation from it originally because of the Bad Batch because I remember watching this and I thought that is so cool that they did that because um, I didn't think mm. they they would. And I was with my roommate uh, in college when when we were watching it and we both turned to each other and we went, "Oh, they're using that." Um, uh, which, which which was really cool. Um, is that uh, um? It's really humble. Who, who was his name? Jared. Yeah. Jared, that's yes. right. He's he's been <clears> here <throat> once. I missed that dude. Yes. No, we had him a couple times, Two and times. he Two he times. was fun. Yeah. Um, and so the anyway the, the the theme has a lot of a lot of good memory and is a is just such a such as you said such a recognizable <clears throat> theme for a planet. So. Okay, go your top three bronze medal. And this is a surprise to me, but I'm going to let you chance to defend it. Go ahead. Yeah, the Django Fett fight is my number three. Uh, this action action theme is just so much fun. It's the... We're going to play it so you don't have to sum it. I know. I'm just... That's just, that's just me. That, that, that it yeah. just sounds so much fun. It is, it is the most lighthearted in a battle... Uh, maybe not most lighthearted. It is. It is just funny that like uh, Obi Wan just keeps having like little stuff happen. Like ah, oh, he misses his lightsaber. Ah, oh, he gets thrown off the edge, uh, and he has to like swing in. And this, uh, and then he keeps missing uh, Django. I mean, he's, he keeps trying to swing at Django and misses every time. Uh, this you the, tricked me. Well, you didn't trick me. You just got me because you played this on your on your sound trick quiz, and I missed it. Because you and thought it was from... Like, I know. <clears throat> I thought it was from three. Yeah. Um, you tricked me. And I know it's from two, but <coughs> this is not on my favorite list of all. I would skip this track most of the time. Really? When I'm listening to the soundtrack, when I was... Yeah, when I was on the I was on the bus, I'd be like, nope, not feeling it. Nah, skip. <clears throat> this is the one track that I would skip. And, yeah, that's... Uh, that's what I think about this track, because it's not my list. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this. <laughs> but I'm glad you do. I am glad. Happy. Good job. Okay. Let's hear your bronze medal. <laughs> um, I went for the meadow scene, which okay. we've already talked about. And um, for my number two. But it's I've... some melodic, beautiful John Williams. And moving on to your number two. We already you, got you... Camino, so... Okay. <clears throat> Your number two. So the finale, my number two was the finale. already talked about it a little bit, um, but that, you know, it ends with the, the Imperial March. You've got the Dooku scene. This is, it's so good. Just think about how the movie ends and there's just no dialogue for like six minutes. Yeah. It's, it's just the music. There might be like two or three things that are said by Dooku and Palpatine. That's it. And and, and the stuff it ends from uh, with um, uh, Obi Wan and Yoda, but uh, <clears throat> but that, yeah, as you said, it's not much. It's it's so sparse, so minimal. Yeah, so minimal, and the music sells all of it. 
Uh, that's my number two. Number one, uh, on, we both we, chose the we, same we, thing. Hang on. <clears throat> we have to set the stage of all the tracks in Attack of the Clones. The number one track is obviously Dexter's Diner. Dexter's Diner is something <laughs> did you, did you listen everybody to should know. I did I listen to it and I was like, never I've never to heard it by this. Itself. And I listened <laughs> by to itself. it and I was like, what? Where is we have this to play it. We have to play it right now. <laughs> I, oh. Because oh. it's, <laughs> you're like, is this like, this is definitely that same he had to have just watched Spaceballs yes. and that final scene yes. where all, they're all in the diner. <laughs> when George is like, you steal from when me, he I steal was from riding you. This. <laughs> it's, it's got jukebox vibes. It's got 50s rock and roll vibes. Yes. Uh, with a hint of the alien stuff, but a like a lot of the, the, I would say there's some kind of effects on some of the sounds to make them that way, but mm-hmm. it is really unique. <laughs> and I guess that's your honorable mention. No, that's but, not. That was uh, like, like towards the bottom of my that's list. That's not our number one, everybody. To... <laughs> this is all a big joke. Our number one is actually Across the Stars, which is the definitive Obviously. theme. If you, a definitive for episode one is clearly Duel of the Fates. Clearly for number two, episode two will be Across the Stars. And then for episode three, I think, <clears throat> clearly you'd say Battle of the Heroes is the definitive theme for Battle of the Heroes uh, for, for Revenge of the Sith. There's probably. argument to be made for maybe one other in Revenge of the Sith, but that's probably what everybody would say yeah. is the big one. Anyway, Across the Stars is, gosh, <clears throat> it's... I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first if you want to, because you may have some things to say, and then and then I'll fa- say what you don't say. It's It's such a good, recognizable love theme from the movie it is uh, <clears throat> I believe it's even some of the tracks refer to this it's like just they just call it Anakin Padme um, but I <clears throat> thought that just it's you know there's few there's few love themes that I think are as big and loud and full um, in them even even Indiana Jones's love themes are much more subdued even the Han and Leia love themes in Empire generally are more subdued. Even um, uh, in Solo with Han and Kira, which has a great love theme, that is also a little bit more subdued comparatively. Um, uh, this is like, this is the, um, the, the orchestra gets to forte in a love theme. Like, that is so rare. And um, it's not just because it gets to forte. They get, they get to piano, piano as well. Um, and they do just one instrument, and they have the whole score, the whole orchestra. So they do have it all in just this one piece <clears> of music. And it, again, like each each movie usually has that music that is just layered throughout the movie. And this is just just Attack of the Clones is layered with <clears throat> with with Across the Stars. You can't you can't mm. talk about the music for Attack of the Clones without talking about you could yeah. other other elements that we talked about. You can skip or gloss over. You can like. You can ignore that track in favor of something else. You cannot not talk about Across the Stars for, for mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones. So. Yeah. I, I would say um, <clears throat> this melody is far better than Anakin and Padme deserved. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but what's great about it is um, it is sad. It's beautiful and romantic, but it's also foreshadowing of this tragic 
relationship end that is inevitable. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> throughout the beauty, there's this, it never truly gives you that sense of, and they lived happily ever after until the end of his days. It's not like Bilbo writing the last few right, you know, right. words of the book. It is... Tumultuous. <laughs> and, and somehow, Williams captured all of that throughout all of the theme. Now, it starts off with this beautiful oboe introduction to the melody, and then it changes keys, which he wrote in a... I wish that oboe soloist nailed it. He wrote it perfect key for the oboe, and then he does it for the strings. He lowers the pitch by about a fifth, and they play it, <clears throat> the entire melody, with this big sweeping thing. And then the middle gets dark, and at the very end, you've got this harp that plucks the Across the Stars theme. Just so minimal, just the harp. And you're like, wow, that's pretty. That's so small. And um, it's a it's a, a track that everybody can agree is just a masterpiece top to bottom it's mixed so well the mix is perfectly balanced it couldn't be done any better mm-hmm. um it is uh it is a beautiful masterpiece and uh thank you mr williams who's now 91 years old and apparently coming out of retirement <laughs> for like the third time when 111 years <laughs> okay so i saw someone post this and I'm not saying this is the case, but I think it makes logical sense. Back in the 2010s, who did Williams talk about as one of his favorite all-time characters and the character that he wants to continue writing uh, everything that they're in? You remember Indiana who this was? Jones? No. <clears throat> no. No. Ray. When you watch a Ray? lot of the, yeah, when you watch a lot, he he and he <clears> loves <throat> Daisy Ridley. Um, uh, and when you watch the, uh, the some of the behind the scenes stuff for Force Awakens specifically, and I think they talk about this a little bit in in the Last Jedi behind the scenes, but for Force Awakens for sure, he talked. He he, he said, I, I love this character. I love I love Daisy, and he said I'd love to continue doing her scores for any movie she's uh, for any Star Wars movie. She, her character's in, Ray's in. So I'm not hmm. saying he's doing the Ray movie, um, the score for it, but uh, you know, he said he would be willing to come out of retirement for a project if it was the hmm. right project. And um, well, I, I actually, might have to listen to that soundtrack. <laughs> I, I actually <laughs> think it would be better not. I think that they need someone else for that one. Um, uh I think that he should, I think if anything, he should advise. He's like, what he did for Solo and Kenobi was the right thing for him right now. Do like one theme that he can add in and let another person take the reins. But um, I don't think him. His theme in Kenobi was great. Yes. But they did not know how to use it. They could not use his style and match his style. It just jumped from style to style constantly. Yeah. Man. And I rewatched that recently, so it's fresh and. If they can, if they can the score do it right, work. that's the way that they should go forward with him. I don't think him doing a full full Star Wars score is the best thing. I think there are other people I would love to see. Uh, like I'd love to see Giacchino get a proper, you know. Not I think just you're wrong timeline. because he's gonna die within ten years for sure. I don't know how long we have so with John Williams left, but let him give me okay. as much music as possible. Okay, yes, but if, he if he's goes. gonna do other scores, there's some other things I'd like to see him tackle. <clears throat> And other things I like to see him tackle again. For instance, I okay. would love to see him do Star Trek. I think he could do a great Star Trek score. 
Well, he won't. But he won't. But I would love to. That's my dream. The more practical, someone said, what if he comes back for Superman Legacy? Maybe. That would be, if I'm James Maybe. Gunn, like, I know his style is so different from Gunn, but if Gunn is trying James to Gunn. make the uniting movie that will unite the DC fans and will, un- <clears throat> like, like, will kick off his new franchise, the, his version of the DC franchise in the proper it's way. It's a good idea. It's a good and idea. You can Not just use the James theme, Gunn. though. Not just the theme. <clears throat> let John Williams write, like, a whole new score. The Maybe, whole themes. Yeah, the all whole, of them. All yeah. of it new. I think I think that's a way to win over fans for for DC. I think he wins more doing something like that than he does doing the Rain movie. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, that's our list, everybody. If if your favorite trick didn't make it on this list, tell us why. Reach out to us on our Facebook page, Two Sons of Tatooine, or. If you want to go onto Jonathan's YouTube channel and complain to him there about how bad his list was, <laughs> or how just bad, kidding. bad my list there are. But then, <laughs> yes, he loves lists. There are many lists on there which you will find entertaining, and hopefully, you can argue with him because we love a we love a good argument as long as it's got got some good discussion points. I'm like the Mikado. So, I like a little. I have a little list that never would be missed. <laughs> so, um, I guess we'll be back soon. We were talking about what to do next, and possibly we'll get to episode three soon. Um, Maybe do my planet. Which is... Oh, yeah! That would be a great plan. I, I like that idea. Um, yeah, well, I enjoyed this. The The last time we recorded this, we lost all of it. We had a wonderful guest this is like two years ago. We recorded yes. the whole thing, and he lost all the other. It was like a three-hour episode too. It was so long. So and we and we ever since then, out on we've it. been talking about doing this episode, and it just, <laughs> we just we kept kicking like, the can. So it was finally a, when you said, "Hey, you want to do the soundtrack stuff?" And I was like, "Yes, let's do it right now. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. We'll do Today. it live. Let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> so here we are, live. We're doing it tonight. Thanks for listening. Jonathan, want to send everybody on their way? Yes, you can find us on Simplecast, iHeartRadio, radio.com, and Stitcher, I think. Um, uh, And, of course, uh, you can find our Facebook page, Two Sons of Tatooine. You can find uh, my YouTube channel, Jonathan Cohn, my Star Trek reviews at Roku Depot. But until next time, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Nathan. And thank you for listening to another episode of Two Sons of Tatooine.